why is it that business owners are their best salespeople? Why they're the best salespeople? I would, I would challenge that and say uh, that's not that's not necessarily always holds true. Maybe that's why so many uh, companies cease to exist within a year or two, for that matter. Uh, okay. In order to be in business, you need to put yourself uh, in front of prospective clients. You need to be your company's best salesperson. You're absolutely right. Welcome to You Are Buzzworthy. I am a strong believer that business owners should be their company's best salesperson. But I have met someone who is going to challenge that belief today and try to convince me otherwise. His name is Gary Garth, the founder and CEO of The Great Dane Ventures, Elevate.io and Accelerate Platform. He is a sales leader, an angel investor who helps high potential startups go to market, scale, and become profitable. He has been featured in Inc. Forbes, Success, and many other prominent publications. A serial entrepreneur since 2002, Gary has started and successfully exited six companies, including large outbound sales call centers, radio advertising networks, and an award-winning eight-figure digital marketing agency. Let's join the conversation and see if he can change my mind. Welcome to the show, Gary. Thank you so much for having me, Buzz. Oh my gosh, you now you're calling from uh Colombia. Yes, sir. Medellin, Colombia to be exact. Medellin, Colombia. Yes, we were uh when we were talking earlier, I was uh reminiscing of an old HBO TV show. Um for my listeners, if you could please comment in uh and and help me remember what that show is, but there was an sure. actor who um actually fil wrote a a, a film then they were, and the whole show was about them shooting it in that same town in Colombia. So, um, so thank you for taking the time. Um, now, of course, you have businesses in America, right? And so you, you spend most of your time here. Um, so awesome that we, we have that. We have a couple of friends who actually have that same kind of yeah. concept South American uh, ties, American businesses, whole nine yards. Someday I'll catch up with you guys. But today, <laughs> We're going to talk about sales because this right here is such a tricky uh, and sticky topic for entrepreneurs because most of us um, that are under a million, we're our only salespeople, right? And a lot of us have a hard time. They want to get out of sales, but they have no idea about how to transition from that, right? And so today I want to pick your brain because you're you're the guru. You're the guy who can take it zero to a hundred million. I love that. Um, I'm like I'm gonna have to have a call with this guy here to talk about a hundred million. I'm, I'm just looking at ten million here. <laughs> but uh, what is it? Why is it that business owners are their best salespeople? Why they're the best salespeople? I would I would company. challenge that and say uh, that's not that's not necessarily always holds true. Maybe that's why so many uh, companies cease to exist within a year or two, for that matter. Uh, okay. In order to be in business, you need to put yourself uh, in front of prospective clients. You need to be your company's best salesperson. You're absolutely right. Um, and the very first thing that I teach in my book is if you 
I have a chapter devoted to that. that say, uh, uh, de delegate your weaknesses, double down on your strengths. If you are not a natural born salesperson, and if you're struggling with it, and if you have received coaching, consulting, and you've tried it several times over, and it just doesn't fit your DNA, very, very, very quickly find a co-founder, co a partner, or mm -hmm. a key hire uh, that can come in as an interim VP or something like that and take over. Because without sales, that's the lifeblood of the whole business. I always like to say, like I have a chapter in my book also labeled, I got 99 problems, but sales ain't one of them. <laughs> uh, the way I maybe lack in intelligence or a strategic vision or whatever it might be, I've always been blessed with being able to generate revenue. And, uh, you know, you can always, if you just got sales, clients and revenue, you can always pay yourself to find solutions for the rest of the, the, the challenges quite often. So you need to, you, you need to be the, the chief sales uh, superstar in, in your own company, especially when you're starting up. Now, I think what referring to is like, where do you go from there? If, if you have, if you embody that, that skill set, or at least you, you can pick it up. And everybody can, by the way. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big believer. Great salespeople are made, not born. If you just right. get the right direction, if you have the right attributes and attitude, et cetera, around it. But once you want to then scale it and then start adding your sales team, now that's when it gets tricky. And uh, a lot of people fail. Like you say, why is it that a founder is typically a company's best salesperson? Well, how do you replicate passion, right? Right. Uh, uh, sweat equity, right? Mm -hmm. you, you have your freaking mortgage put into this company. You know, there's a, that's a lot of risk reward. How do you translate that and trickle that down to some hire that you hired on the base and maybe a commission and so forth? It's hard to replicate. So really what you got to do as a founder, and I, I, I refer to this as, you know, beginning with the end in mind, creating a sales plan. Yeah. Um, it sounds simple, but you would be surprised, boss, how many companies have a business plan. They have all these vendor agreement fulfillment plans. They have a intellectual property agreement, et cetera, but they don't have a freaking sales plan. That will save that to the <laughs> end of the, you know, the equation. So what does that encompass? It's, it's not just writing a sales script, right? It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's everything. It's like, okay, your values, your, your unique selling proposition, you know, uh, what, what's a scorecard versus our competition? How do we, how do we position ourselves differently? What's, what's our, our big, hairy, audacious goals so that people are motivated also to push beyond so they have the same level of motivation as you and me as a founder in a company necessarily, mm -hmm. right? And then, mm -hmm. of course, going into all the details of scripts, rebuttal libraries, snippets, email templates, uh, mm -hmm. every, all the small little things that you kind of forget, right? Um, right? And that, and then I see uh, the same scenario very often where I say, okay, I'm a founder, I'm doing greater sales, here's how I do it, here's our ICP, here's how I find my leads, here's how I contact them, here's right. how I pitch them, here's the elevator pitch, but mm -hmm. then they, they, they forget all those small, like, intangibles, negotiation tactics, like small stuff like that. That's Networking. incredibly important. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I think that you're, so, I think you, I, the, the one thing I don't want to get lost in this before we get too far down this rabbit hole is that we're, you have, you, you mentioned a implementer, right? And a promoter, Right. Your promoter is usually when you when you first starting out. You know, a lot of people talk about partnerships, and and you can read a hundred books about why not to have business partners, and I can give you a hundred reasons on why not to. But the one mm -hmm. reason to have a business partner is if you're an implementer and not a seller, right? And if you have a unique 
selling proposition and you don't know how to get that people to act on that, then that means yeah. you need a, a good promoter. And then Correct. you can be the COO, let that person be the CEO or the president, however you guys want to figure that out. Uh, the titles mean nothing. It's the outcomes, right? Amen. And so if you know how Amen, to get brother. things done, then get somebody yeah. who can get people to pay for what you get done. So for mm -hmm. me, like in sales, I was I, I started out with a recording studio. I was working with starving musicians, which me meant that like I can tell them how much it was going to cost to do an album, and yeah. but I had then had to wait for them to save up the money, right? Because yeah. none of them had credit cards. How many starving musicians have credit cards, right? So they had to have that cash in hand, right? We had a lot of yeah. cash coming through that in in that studio, but that meant that I had these huge peaks and huge values of cash flow. So what did I do? I had my receptionist at the time. This is 2005. We said phone books, so I had them open up the yellow pages. <laughs> and go through the businesses and uh -huh. just start calling people. Who does your business cards? Because I had just realized uh, or just figured out um, that I could get um, color business cards produced by a company called Vistaprint. I think they're still around. Um, yeah. And uh, this is right when color printing, mass mass production color printing was was available, and they had an affiliate program, so I could get them at really? wholesale, right? The whole nine yards. So I mm -hmm. had him. I had him calling these people, going, "Hey." Who does your business cards? And they would say who they were. I was like, oh, that's great. Um, what if I could, th this is his whole pitch. What if I could give you col full color business cards for what you're paying for one or two color business cards? Done. No. Done, right? So what <laughs> yeah. did I do? Now, this is the thing. When you, when you order 500 business cards, it's not a lot of money, right? But I would go in there and I would have this conversation with them in there. And I'd have a little portfolio of like before and afters of a couple that I'd already done, right? Just for my networking. Mm -hmm. So I had a little portfolio to show. And they're like, yes, I want this. I want this. Okay, great. Give me your design files for your full color business card. <laughs> oh, you don't have one. Oh, okay. Well, we have graphic designers. Me. Uh -huh. And uh, at the time, when we first started, it was me. But my first, my second employee was a graphic designer to fill all these orders for the business cards I was out there selling. Right. So it's creating uh, the demand. Right? Yeah. So that's what uh, your promoter does. They look at there and you say, you know, because you're the CFO, right? When you first start out, <laughs> you yeah. know? And you're like, I need to pay rent. I need to pay the mortgage. I need to pay the, the lease on my business. Right. I have to, I have yeah. that. And I, and I went into business with absolutely nothing. So, um, and that's a long story we won't get into today, but I had to go do something. The hustle was there. And if I wasn't mm -hmm. a promoter, I don't think my business would have made it. So I, I want to make sure that that is just like ingrained. If you're not a promoter, find one. Like just yeah. even if you have to hire them as a promoter, like you don't want to mm -hmm. a, a, a partner, get a promoter. So the next step from what you're talking about now is we're, we're selling ourselves out of bandwidth, right? Because mm -hmm. when we start getting really good at being a promoter for our company, at some point, we're not going to have enough time to run our business because sales takes precedence, right? In like you said, 99 problems, sales ain't one, right? But if you don't have the bandwidth to even delegate, find the people to do all the other 99 things that have to happen, you're going to oh, yeah. you're going to grow yourself broke basically because you're going to end up with that production sales production sales cycle mm -hmm. which people hate to Amen. do, right? That's going to drive somebody insane. So when is it that we should start looking at expanding our sales force past ourselves? And what does that look like? Yeah, good question. I, I just would like to add to that note. Like I was, I was being interviewed by uh, I have a good friend who's like launched a 
a billion dollar company. And he was like, Gary, sales makes 10 million, 100 million dollar companies, but operations makes billion dollar companies. So it's like, ah, okay, I tip my hat, right? But actually, <laughs> you won't even get that far unless you have the, the, the proper, proper operation. I mean, it's key what you say. And at the beginning, yes, you can be spinning wheels and you can do wear a lot of hats as a founder. But once you maximize your bandwidth and mm -hmm. you start to adding a team, I would say what's particularly important in that end is that I see this very common. It's like, okay, now, okay, now it's going from me founder and one sales rep or to several sales rep. And now we're just going to, we're just going to hire a sales, uh, salesperson and try to have him replicate everything I do uh, intuitively, uh, listen to some calls, attend uh, some meetings, et cetera. Uh, he'll, he'll shadow me for a month or two. And if it doesn't work out, we'll try again. If it work out, great. Let's add more to the equation, right? Um, that's as wrong as you can go about it, basically. Um, right. I would say, Again, create a sales plan and have a very, very strong hiring, onboarding, and, and coaching framework. That's, mm -hmm. that's where the magic happens, right? I, I, like mm -hmm. I said, great salespeople are made, not born. So first mm -hmm. and foremost, don't go out and say, okay, I'm selling websites. I'm just going to search for my competitor website, a competitor company, and try to hire the best sales reps from there. Yes, that can work occasionally, but you don't know what kind of operational support, what kind of marketing resources they have, what yeah. processes, how many inbound leads, outbound. They don't know. Salespeople are good at selling, especially if they're top performer at another company. Right. Instead, and if you do that, you're going to end up paying high, oh, you know, yeah. high price tickets. I mean, six figures minimum for a top performing mm -hmm. rep. Uh, so instead, go out and look for 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 attitude, right? Mm -hmm. And look for attributes. Like, look, I have twenty attributes to look for in my book that that I point out, and this is based on me hiring over a thousand reps over time and onboarding hundreds of resellers where I saw who was the top performance in the organization. Mm. You know, small little things, and there's several of them, but it's like. Are they competitive, right? Mm -hmm. Have they shown uh, determination as either as an athlete or as a scholar to go above and beyond, put in the necessary hours, be disciplined, consistent to execute on the targets? They can very typically translate that into a sales job if they just have other attributes as well. So instead of just looking for similar past success in, a, in, 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 a, in that category, look mm -hmm. for, for uh, successes in, in other in other. Uh, Categories that can be transferred into this into this right. position, so to speak. Then make sure, of course, you have a solid onboarding plan. So what does that look mm -hmm. like? Typically, 30, 60 days, have a mentorship program from an experienced rep. Make sure that you align incentives, that there's a pr proper support uh, structure system in place. Make sure mm -hmm. there's ongoing feedback. Don't just launch KPIs necessarily hit this target. So for measure activities, look at, you mm -hmm. know, measure that the whole sales flow. See where are they dropping off? Where are they performing mm -hmm. well? Do they need to transition faster? Do they need to add more questions? Do they need to clarify more at the discovery stage? Are mm -hmm. the demos weak? You know, there's a mm -hmm. million factors that can impact the deal success rates. So yeah. you got to have the whole the whole process baked out, create a sales plan that covers every single step of the sales cycle and then coach and, and reinforce it ongoing. And then, of course, have the right compensation incentive structure. If you do all of that, then start plugging away. Start adding sales team. Then, yeah. Otherwise, the statistics are grim. What is it like two out of three reps that doesn't even hit the target ever, right? And, ever. And, and, right. and stop in the tough. job within 90 days. That, that attrition, whew, lethal mm -hmm. for your bottom line. You want to get yeah. this right. So if we're, if we're starting with a business that can't afford you know, a six-figure um marketing or a, a six-figure uh, salesperson 
I think that there's also uh, something to be said about hiring somebody who can do a part of the sales. You went through a lot of the process of a sale, right? Which I love. And in every one of those, there's time that needs to happen there. So, you know, for a small business, it might be a micro business that like this might be their first or second hire, right? Mm -hmm. And it could be just a sales assistant, not necessarily mm-hmm. a salesperson yet. And the great Very thing about that is a sales assistant can turn into a sales assistant or a sales assistant can have can learn all of the little idiosyncrasies like you talked about and set the groundwork for a salesperson to walk in and have all Correct. the support they need without you being there at every step of the way for the first six yeah. months I've seen salespeople <laughs> take to get it right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a very, that's a very, very good point. I, and, and I agree. That's why in, in my book, I have a, a whole section on uh, sales career pathing because there you go. let's, let's be honest. Like you jump into a, a job and most entry level sales jobs is maybe sales assistant or sales development representative. That is not necessarily something that's motivating to do your entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, get told to jump out of seal, uh, <laughs> jump out of the roof, or hang up on you, or scream at <laughs> you because they have a bad day. That's tough. But at least if you had the right support structure uh-huh. in place, and if there's continuously a carrot handing in front of you, like if you do well, if you hit these metrics for say three to four months, and you pass these certifications and comprehend this knowledge, and can can are able to pass an internal exam, then you can be promoted to, for instance, a business development rep or an account executive, or whatever it may be. That can go an extremely long way in, uh, in, 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 in the probability of them being successful in the first place in the job. Just because sales is damn hot, right? And you yeah. as a founder, you as an owner, you're very motivated to get it right because you got to pay that, that lease, as you said, yeah. right? But they yeah. don't have that same problem. <laughs> they can go shift jobs right away. So make sure that this co- continuously motivated beyond beyond just compensation because nowadays i mean it's also about you feeling part of something and feeling you're growing Mm -hmm. and they're contributing that you're doing a good job that goes just as long as just uh you know getting a a six figure six figure check yeah i totally I, i agree with that i mean and you have a lot of business owners that are you know they get stuck in figuring out like well you know I'm at six figures. I'm, I, I, my company's doing, you know, a hundred thousand, one hundred twenty thousand. After my expenses, I'm bringing home seventy five, eighty five thousand, and they have this lifestyle mentality like this is enough, right? And so I think that's really important for the listeners. If if you are a lifestyle business owner, the sales staff is not necessarily going to be your first hire. If you are a growth and scale oriented business owner, you want to own a company, not a job. This, all of what we're talking about is very important. And one of the points that you just brought in is your marketing, bringing, you know, what is the inbound traffic? What, where, where are your strengths? Is it bringing people in and then letting somebody else close? Or is it somebody else mm. bringing stuff in, maybe a setter to then for let you close it? So yes. when I was reinventing my business, that's what I went. I went out and found somebody who can do lead generation because I didn't have the time to go out and network like I used to because I was doing more to make sure that I got all my SOPs because it's something you said like five times in this conversation, SOPs, SOPs, standard operating procedures for something you haven't hired for is okay because you can also measure your own success against your SOPs and keep Mm -hmm. them getting tighter and tighter and tighter and starting creating the caveats, your overcoming objections and all the other things that go into, you know, being you. 
Like you, when you're talking to somebody and you're overcoming a sales objection, you are thinking on your feet half the time when you first start, right? But you get good at it and you get better and better. And all of that becomes instinct. And until you write it down, it's not transferable because they can't look into your head, right? Mm -hmm. So I want the folks who right now, I want to talk to, the last people I want to talk to today are the folks who are not the best. They could be better, but they're not the worst, okay, at selling their stuff, right? They're doing okay, Mm -hmm. but they can't afford to hire right now. Their cash flow doesn't allow them to bring in somebody to help them sell. The the three ways we showed in this discussion – None of which is allows them to go, okay, yeah, that's going to, I have enough cash flow to bring that person in and get enough bandwidth to overcome that added cost. What yeah. can they do in this, in, in this new quarter coming up here? What can they do next week to start being better at selling their company for themselves? I wish I could give you a mic drop bus and say, do this one thing. <laughs> but truth of the matter is, I don't know where they necessarily are lacking in the sales right. process. Okay. And I say this coming off, like recently launched, I'm, I'm an angel investor, was in heading, helping sales get set up in a new company. I was part of all these uh, sales tech, MarTech demos and so forth. And I was just like, my fucking God, I apologize, man. <laughs> but okay. the demos just suck. You know, I had a <laughs> sincere interest. I'm ready to sign the contract. Let's maybe negotiate a little bit, but I already vetted this product. I, I had recommendations elsewhere, but they almost undersold it, right? At the uh, same time, if it's a less popular product, demand, a solution that is not unknown already, then you need to scale up your, your outreach, your, your awareness, your, your business development efforts, right? So I would uh-huh. say if I would leave you with one thing is... Like in God we trust, everybody else brings data. What are, define all your sales metrics. I have 20 sales metrics in my book that every business owner should know by heart, right? And here's what's interesting. Most people don't. I would say nine out of 10 business owners I come across do not know the answers to those questions. But here's what happens, boss, because instead of saying like, how can I close more deals? What should I be closing deal? How many uh, reply rates should I have for an email outreach campaign? What should the average conversion rate should be on uh, inbound of, of XYZ channel? Unless you start asking, thinking about what should the, the ideal uh, set metrics be for, for, for that activity, mm-hmm. then you won't go start seeking the answers. And then all of a sudden, I promise you, I, I've done this many times, you say, holy shit, my, my average really sucks. If this is industry average benchmark, maybe I should double down on that one thing and that's what really can move the needle. Okay, so Gary makes a lot of compelling points of why you shouldn't be your company's lead salesperson. But he does reinforce my belief that you need to be the master of your sales process. Understanding the metrics behind your sales success is crucial. You must also put the right people in place to represent your company in its best light while making sure only the best clients get through to your fulfillment team for optimal profitability. If you learned something useful for your business today, please click the like button and subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on the endless mic drop moments I strive to give you every week. So until next time, stay buzzworthy.